Stay tuned for Time to Talk with host Jennifer Graziano of Zion Memorial Chapel and Cox and Graziano Funeral Homes. Jennifer is here to discuss a sensitive subject we all need to talk and think about. Here now is Jennifer Graziano and Time to Talk. Good morning, everyone. It's Monday morning, and that means it's time to talk with me, Jen Graziano. I'm an attorney and licensed funeral director who oversees my family's funeral homes, Cox and Graziano of both American Greenwich, the Zion Memorial Chapel of Westchester, and now the Fred D. Knapp Funeral Home of Greenwich as well. Every Monday, I come to you discussing important topics and sensitive matters that all of us need to pause and reflect upon at some point, and through this show, I hope to provide a platform to do so. This morning's show is, I don't even have the words for it. We are living through unprecedented times. I i have the privilege this morning of speaking to my dear friend, Rabbi Eitan Hammerman. He is the rabbi at Temple Gates of Prayer in Queens, uh, but a Westchester resident, a fixture in the Westchester Jewish community. And I wanted to connect to him personally to talk about the absolute horrific, devastating, tragedy going on in Israel right now. We cannot sit back, folks. We cannot stay silent. Uh, Silence only helps to further the plight of the terror organization. And I wanted to speak one-on-one with Rabbi to get his thoughts to talk about how do we explain this to our children and to talk about what we can do sitting here locally where we are to help in the fight. So Rabbi, good morning. Hi, Jen. It's so good to see you. It's wonderful to see you. But this is not what I would ever want to be talking about with you. We are living through a period of genocide, a modern Holocaust, if you will. And anyone who calls it less than that is missing the mark and and clearly is, is a person that you question if there's any morality in them. But I'll let you uh, give an introduction to yourself and your thoughts on the situation unfolding in the Middle East. Sure. These are these are indeed very sad days for certainly for the state of Israel, certainly for the Jewish people who feel such a connection to the Jewish state, and certainly really for the whole world who care about innocent people who are unfortunately on on the side of uh, the the other side of the border, uh, with with is between Israel and Gaza, the innocent people on that side of the border as well who are also victims of Hamas, and we're now nine days after the attack. And we're seeing not only the fact that so many Israelis were killed, so many Israelis, so many more were injured, so much destruction took place within the state of Israel, but now we're seeing the humanitarian results of that disastrous, murderous spree on the innocent victims of Gaza, because they too, so many, so many hundreds of thousands are fleeing their homes because Hamas lives among them. Hamas does all of their evil from within from within civilian areas, and Israel has no choice but to defend itself from people who simply want there to be no, no, no Israel, no Jews in the Jewish state. Israel has no choice but to do all it can to eliminate those terrorists, and, and tragically, those terrorists live within the Palestinian area of, of innocent Gazans as well. I hope and pray that Israel can eliminate the terrorists and let those who live there not just go back to the lives that they lived, but improve the lives that, that, they, that they've that they lived. And we can talk more about what that might look like down the road. 
I wholeheartedly agree with you in the right Israel has to defend itself and its people. And no one is advocating for the killing of innocent civilians. And certainly there are Palestinian civilians on the other side that are victims of this. But but this is this is the organization that the Palestinians somewhat argue they've allowed Hamas to come to where they are. And even President uh, Mahmoud Abbas recently, although he criticized Hamas, he seemingly backtracked on that statement in recent days. So you're not also hearing the outcry uh, from the Palestinian Liberation Organization, the PLO. You're not hearing this condemnation of Hamas coming from that side. You are hearing the Israelis saying no one's advocating for the killing of innocent lives. No one's advocating for the killing of civilians. I do hear that from the Israeli side, but you're not necessarily hearing that you know, that that strong support of, you know, Palestinians saying Hamas is not us. Right. Well, they say it and then they backtrack and then they say it privately and then they don't say it publicly. And I'm not sure your listeners know this little tidbit of, of history. Uh, it, during the George W. Bush administration, um, there was an election in Gaza and we're in favor of democracy. Right. And guess what? Hamas won. Mm -hmm. um, but guess what happened after that? Hamas took their political opponents and brought them up to the roofs of buildings in Gaza and threw them off. And they didn't have political opponents anymore. Hamas right. is just as ruthless with their political adversaries as they are with, with the Jewish people and the state of Israel. It's very, uh, they're a hateful, they're a hateful yeah. people, Rabbi. This is the, this is their, this is their, their playbook. This is their MO. Yes. And I think, I think um, the majority of Palestinians uh, would very much like to rid themselves of, of the murderous portion of Hamas. Um, but Hamas also does a good job as a social services agency. They, right. they, they, they're, they're a multi, a multi-sided organization. Right. And, and. They make their people so dependent. They make the Palestinian people so dependent on them for livelihood. Someone has to pick up that 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 piece of things. I I, I agree. Take care of the Palestinians. You know, again, Rabbi, we're not talking about the land anymore. This is not about the land. This is not a geographic border dispute. This is a deep-seated hatred of the Jews being perpetrated by Hamas. And how do you fight that? These are barbaric people. Anyone who is not living under a rock has, even if you haven't seen it, you have heard the stories about the children being murdered in front of a mother's eyes. And, and, and then the mother being left to have that as her final image. And then the mother herself is murdered. You're hearing stories of pregnant women with babies ripped out of a womb, killed before the mother and then killing her. This is not something that we've seen in our lifetime. This is barbaric. What is the, I mean, Israel, I mean, I don't know how anyone can make an argument to the contrary of Israel's right to defend itself and its people, but how do you defend against this? There've been a lot of comparisons this last 10 days or so to the years of the Holocaust, 1939 mm -hmm. to 1945. And since those last days of the Holocaust, there's never been a day in world in, in history when more Jews have died in a single day than October 7th, 2023. Correct. Since since the years of the Holocaust. So on the one hand, there, there are some apt comparisons. But in 1945, 
1945, there was no state of Israel. In 1945, there was no Israel Defense Forces. In 1945, Israel was not the strong country, didn't exist, uh, that, that it is today. And thank God we have the IDF. Thank God we have all of the support that Israel has. And I'll, and I'll commend whatever your American political persuasion may be. I'll commend the executive branch of the United States, um, the president, the secretary of state, the secretary of defense, and all of the other departments of our, of our country's leadership who have stood with Israel. Um, president Biden gave a magnificent speech, um, back on the ninth. He's in constant community and I'll, I'll encourage everyone. If you haven't seen that speech, maybe we can even, uh, send that out or post that as part of this, this, uh, this broadcast, uh, link to the president's speech. Um, he, he said, not only do we have Israel's back, but he warned anyone else in the region, if they get involved, that there will be dire consequences for those countries. He was referring first and foremost, of course, to Iran. Which, is, which was behind uh, behind all of this. Thank God the United States stands for, for values that frankly our country was founded on as well, values of religious freedom that Hamas of course is against. And we're not in 1945 anymore. The only way to respond to that sort of violence is to destroy it and to annihilate it and to get, get that area on the border of Israel we saw how tragically easy it was for them to break that border and break into to the state of Israel uh, to not just secure that border, but to make sure that on the other side of the border is not a group that wants that wants Israeli Israelis, whether they're soldiers or civilians destroyed. And a word about Israeli soldiers. We talked about soldiers versus civilians. A soldier is a 19 year old. Yes. Soldier is a 21-year-old young woman. Mm -hmm. Soldier yes. is a 28-year-old is a young dad. A soldier is a 35-year-old reservist. These are people. There's no, I mean, we, we, we focus on the, the innocents and the civilians. No one, no one should have a, a hair on their body touched because they happen to be Jewish and they happen to be living in the state of Israel. A credit to those young men and women, Rabbi, who answer the call of service um, in the idea of as young as 18 years old, male and female, and they're, they're, they're fighting for, their, it's more than land. They're, they're fighting for their identity as, as Jews, they're, they're everything that they believe in, and they're fighting so valiantly for that. So all, all of our hearts go out. Um, to, to them and their effort in that fight. And I agree with you. I mean, the Biden administration did align uh, with their support of Israel, um, but there has been some criticism, Rabbi, in terms of money that has been sent to Iran and questions as to um, even recent news reports that there was COVID relief funds that were sent into an organization that, that harbors Hamas terrorists. So, well, I, I absolutely agree that there was a firm statement made in support of Israel. Israel's always been the greatest friend to the U.S., and we should rightfully so be in support of them um, and doing everything we can to to aid them in their effort. But, but there is a lot of um, criticism that certainly beginning under the Obama administration, that there were great exchanges of money with Iran, and there is suggestion that that is what helped fuel the Hamas attack. 
Um, what what do we say to that? I, I was able to sit as part of a delegation in, in Israel's foreign ministry, and we're going back to the Obama administration right now. It was during during President Obama's years. And this is a group of about 30 or 40 rabbis. And and they weren't be BSing us when they said that this is sitting in some of the very meeting rooms where Israel's leadership is right now meeting with with uh, with world with other world leaders. And they said we have never ever had closer cooperation and a better friend than we do in the leadership of the United States today. That's during the Obama administration. Then you had the question of what do you do about Iran and its pursuit of nuclear weapons? And the question was and remains carrot or stick. Do you try to engage them? Do you try to bring them into the family of nations with carrots? Or do you keep trying sanctions, which don't work because you have China on the other side, you have Russia on the other side, you have North Korea on the other side. Those are not tiny countries. They're, they do just fine amongst themselves. So sanctions from the United States and the UK and Germany and France doesn't matter. So what Obama was trying to do, what President Obama was trying to do, was trying to bring them into the family of nations and see, see if that worked. The money questions over the last few, few weeks uh, was a, a release of $6 billion in, in humanitarian funding that was supposed to uh, go, go back to Iran for various purposes. It should be very clear that, that that money didn't make a bit of difference in the years of planning uh, for Hamas to do what they did last Saturday in the land of Israel. Rabbi, was there any way to know? There's been some criticism of the intelligence on the part of the United States as well as Israel uh, that they were totally blindsided by that attack on that, that ill-fated Saturday. Was there any way to know? Apparently, uh, there's been talks that this attack was two years in the making. Sure. Did we miss the mark? Even the the most, I'll, I'll use the word militant, maybe with with a lowercase m. Even the most right wing Israeli government leaders who are the most suspicious of the the Palestinians. I'm talking about Smotrich, uh, who's Israel's uh, current police minister, said we blew it. And, and it's all on us that, that, that we blew it, that we didn't predict it, uh, that we thought uh, because things had been quieter in Gaza, that meant Hamas was actually focusing on making the lives of their of their citizenry better rather than destroying the state of Israel. We, and, and we were and we hoped for that. We hoped that there were normal people who recognized that Israel was going to be there and recognized that if they behaved and and because they were behaving, and things were going better, what you saw was the border opening slightly, passage of goods. They were growing agricultural products within Gaza, shipping them out into the world market through Israel. Products were getting into Gaza. And of course, Gaza relies on Israel for water, for electricity, for all goods to, to come in. There was, when, when Gaza gained its its independence, its semi-independence from Israel. After the 1993 Oslo Accords, there was a port built. There was an airport within Gaza. Uh, and there was a lot of hope after those that famous picture, you remember, of Yasser Arafat shaking the hand of Bill Clinton 
with, yeah. I'm sorry, shaking the hand of Yitzhak Rabin with Bill Clinton kind of standing behind them and yeah. pushing them together. Yeah. Remember that picture, Jen? Yeah. And and there was a lot of hope that the Palestinians had had turned a leaf, uh, turned over a new leaf to to recognize that Israel was not going to disappear, and that and that and that land, even though it's small land, that land was enough to share. And when it became clear, even though Gaza was primarily handed over, it became clear that is it was untenable and unsafe uh, for Israel to have. Uh, what was about 5,000 Jewish people still living within a, a, around 15 or 20 communities within Gaza. In 2005, Ariel Sharon uh, made the unilateral decision to get those communities out. That included my cousins, uh, my cousin Tova and her husband, at that time, five daughters. Uh, now they have four more daughters. So my cousin Tova has nine girls. Wow. And uh, they, they, moved, uh, they moved up to the to uh, northern Israel. They live in the Golan Heights now. And um, my cousin Nacheli, um, actually on her, her school bus, um, she went to school in an armored school bus because that's what was needed to protect these seven and eight-year-olds. And uh, her bus was attacked and the kids sitting one row in front of her lost their limbs. Oh. Uh, she was she was badly injured, um, but she she survived and, and, and um, they continued to to meet every year at the grave of the the soldiers who protected that bus and made it and made it so they were hurt but but not killed and israel still even though that's what they were dealing with israel still made a decision to leave to leave gaza and to let the let hamas essentially control the whole territory maybe that'll give us peace maybe maybe if they have all of gaza instead of instead of 70% of Gaza, they'll give us peace. So they so they got out. And from 2005 to 2023, 18 years later, has there been peace? Has there been better behavior? Has there been a recognition that, yeah, there's going to be land for Jews and there's going to be land for, for Palestinians? And the response we saw loud and clear last Saturday. Was no. Right. But, but again, it comes back to it's a fundamental hatred that transcends this geographic border. And it, and it breeds so many questions to what end? To one, it's a deep seated hatred of not just the Jews, but I'd argue the whole Judeo Christian fundamentals that are the premise of, of our own nation. And it makes, you know, no one has a crystal ball, but it does start to raise questions. Are they here? Are their cells here? We have seen an influx of illegal, undocumented migrants in record numbers, and many people argue that they are here. Um, there, there are large populations, Jewish populations in America, in our region, out west, and many people over the course of the past few weeks have argued we're not safe here because, again, it goes beyond a border dispute. It goes into the minds of this barbaric terrorist organization. We're not dealing with a, a government dispute. We're not dealing with people with ideologically who are different based on their politics or ge their geography. This is pure evil. This is pure evil, evil on foot. What? How do you respond to those concerns as to our own domestic safety in light of this? Sure. Well, I guess as a as a as a rabbi 
as a human, I, I can't, I can't accept the the permanent premise that that there are that many people who are evil. And instead, I, I give a lot of thanks and a lot of prayers uh, to those security services whose responsibility is to root them out. Uh, we we just have to root them out. We have to find them. We have to be smart about it. We can't be surprised like Israel was last Saturday. We can't be surprised like the United States was uh, the day before September 11th. Not not imagining that that right. um, that we needed to lock our cockpit doors, and that a few people with some box cutters could could do what they did and change our world. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's all it was. We need to be we need to be better prepared for for that, and we need to build relationships with the majority of good good people in the world. And those people are out there. We need to use the media to do so. We can't make it an us versus them. We can't have a clash of civilizations. That's that's not what this is about. We need to recognize that the vast majority of Palestinians still want to just have a good life. They want to take their kids to a park. They want to have good hospitals. They want to have schools where their children can be educated. You know, when Israel signed the Oslo Accords and the highway signs were there for years, there was people talk about Gaza being an open air prison. Well, it wasn't supposed to be. They were they were supposed to be free passage through the through Israel to the to the West Bank and back and forth. Just now, in fact, the United States um, eliminated a visa requirement for Israelis as long as Palestinians also could could fly out of Ben Gurion Airport. Um, that was. Those are all steps in the right direction. And we should be able to find ourselves back to a place where we get to that right direction and where where things continue to, to be moving. If there are bad people within within our borders, we have every responsibility to find them, track them down, and, and treat them as, as they should be treated. Rabbi, how do you explain this to children? I had a long talk with my daughter over the weekend. She's 11, and it's very difficult to explain to your children that that there's evil in the world, and we're not always safe. And, you know, when you want to go back and explain the story, you go back to the history of it, you go back to the origins, you go back to the history that you outlined. But as I say, it's so much more than that. And... As, as you say, as a rabbi, you know, it's your propensity to believe the best of the human spirit and the human condition. And that's something that as a mother, I want to be able to tell my child too, that the world is good and people are inherently good. But as we see here, not everyone is. So what is your advice? How do you explain this? Obviously age appropriate, you know, to, to children yeah. and ages, but any overarching advice that you can give? Well, certainly age appropriate. Um, my kids, even I, haven't watched the most horrific of the videos that have that have I know are, are available. I know have come out over these last days. Um, I tell my kids to the same thing we said after nine eleven: look for the helpers. Famous Mister Rogers uh, sentence: look for the helpers. That's mm-hmm. where that's where the good is. And and we want our kids to to believe that 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 they can help make the world a better place, and and they and they have a role. Um, 
it's you know, my wife's a school principal. She's really the one to answer questions like this. And yeah. and and she told her her students and she told her her school her student body parents that that it's okay for the kids to know that adults are, are very sad right now uh, because something very sad and bad happened in Israel. But they're okay. They're safe. And, and that's certainly what you should tell your daughter. She's okay. She's safe here, here where she is. And um, the adults are working very hard on making sure that, that every kid, whether it's a seven-year-old Israeli kid or an eight-year-old Palestinian kid living in Gaza, should be, should, be, should be safe and should be protected from some evil. Uh, the last 48 hours, Israel's gotten plenty of flack for, trying, for insisting that 1.1 million Palestinians move south within the Gaza Strip, relocate themselves. That's because Israel wants to take out Hamas and their terrorist infrastructure in the north of Gaza, which is where this horrific act was planned. Right. And, and what did Hamas and what was Hamas's reaction? Put up roadblocks to prevent them from moving south. Exactly. And then when you when you hear, you know, when you hear the Harvard protest that I, I think they incense me, um, you, what, these people are there's an anti-Israeli sentiment. And here they are in the midst of their lives on the line, their 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 land, their people on the brink of being wiped away. There's still a humanitarian component where they're saying, move, get out of the way. And they're still met, to me, it's it's an anti-Semitic opposition that it it, it shocks me. It shocks the conscience, I would say. You know, again, when you hear these entitled Harvard students missing the mark on what's going on, a nation has the right to defend itself, first of all. They were attacked. And... There are people fighting to, to preserve their identity as Jews. Um, and, and there's such a failure sometimes to see. You're right, they get slack for that. But in light of everything going on, they're still making concessions for the civilian Palestinians. Yeah. I mean, you probably have a you have a small, relatively small numbers of people leading protests, whether it's at Harvard or in Times Square. Mm. Or, at other, or at other universities, um, especially in universities, Americans, uh, we always root for the underdog. That's, and, and, that's, and that's kind of a good thing. I like the fact that in general, Americans like to root for the underdog. And the Palestinians have weapons, but Israel has an air force, right? Uh, Palestinians did a lot of damage, but in the end of the day, Israel has tanks and Israel has artillery. And Israel has a, a attack helicopters, and Israel Israel can take over. Israel has three hundred thousand reservists standing there on the border, and they can retake Gaza. The question is, do we want to? And the answer is no. We don't want to retake Gaza. We don't want to uh, control that population. We want them to be to have self self determination and self leadership and share the land, and share. It's not a large land, but there's enough space for everyone. And thankfully, in, in 2023, there's there's high tech, and we can be connected to the wider world, um, in, in ways that wasn't imagined uh, not so long ago. And the the rest of the the Muslim world is right there, and there should hopefully be once again free passage, safe passage from Gaza to the West Bank, from the West Bank to Jordan, into the wider Arab world. That's all that's all possible, if there is a recognition 
that there's an opportunity for there to also be a Jewish state on Jewish land that's been there uh, since since our since if you 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 can read about it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible will tell you the cities have the same names. Aza is mentioned in the Bible. There have been Jews um, in that part of the world um, for for well over three thousand years. Well, again, none of us can sit here and turn a blind eye, and all of us need to be cognizant that this is part of, part of a larger effort, an anti-Judeo-Christian sentiment that has swept that sweeps through these terror organizations. And when you hear again a small pocket, yes, but when you hear people protesting at home, you have to recognize that they're sharing that same anti-Judeo-Christian sentiment, and. None of us should feel that we are invincible or above this. We need to be mindful. We need to be vigilant. And um, we need to always, you know, be fervent in the protection of our beliefs and our religious beliefs. We are a country founded on the principle of the right to religious freedom. So all of us, all, all of us should be mindful of this and certainly back the efforts, whether it's in spirit um, or in actuality, back the efforts of the Israelis right now. Rabbi, are there ways that we can help being so far away? We're, we're, uni- we're united in prayer, but is there are there tangible, specific ways we can help? There, there are three things that, that I'm encouraging my congregation to do. First and foremost, to, to be human. And I'm glad to see uh, we've just put up the website for my synagogue in Queens, Temple Gates, uh, Temple Gates of Prayer uh, here in Flushing. Number one, it, it's on such a human level. Reach out to the Jewish community whom you know, uh, wherever they are here in the United States. I'm certainly in touch with my my family and my friends in Israel. I have six cousins uh, who are in uniform this week. Uh, four of them reservists called out from their regular lives who were, who were there in uniform and they may be going into Gaza in the next 24 hours. Um, so number one, human humanity and and those human connections and let Israel and let, let the Jewish people know that they aren't alone as as you did as your father did uh, as your brother did as your other colleagues did at, at Zion Memorial um, reach reached out to me over these last few days um, so that's number one number two um, advocate make sure that the American media is not making any kind of a false equivalence here uh, make sure that people know, that this is not there's no there are no two sides to this issue. There's no two sides. Well, this happened and this happened. Israel wants nothing more than for a peaceful Palestinian people to be living there on their border. And number three, um, in Hebrew, it's called tzedakah, which means justice. Um, Israeli hospitals need financial assistance. Magen David Adom, which is the Israeli Red Cross, uh, needs financial assistance. Our synagogue is about to give uh, a lot of money to some organizations that support the soldiers. Make sure that soldiers have uh, have laundry machines on on their military bases and things like that. We're, we're not buying we're not buying bullets. Uh, thankfully, the government has the job of providing bullets, uh, but making sure that the the soldiers, again, who are really just kids, um, are. Are, are well taken care of. Those are three things that, that we can do. And any of your listeners are welcome to contact me. My information is right up there on the screen. And I'd be delighted to give people some some further information. Rabbi, I, I stand with you, my friend, in prayer and in spirit and all of the Jewish community that is so near and dear to the heart of my family. Um, we're with you. We hear you. We're with you. 
and we all have something that we can do and you outline three wonderful things so i hope listeners and viewers take it to heart thank you for your time today my friend thank you jen let's see each other for something happy i i agree so everyone you heard it here from rabbi Aton hammerman please take a look at his website to learn more a wonderful rabbi as well for those in search of some spiritual guidance um my friend rabbi hammerman this is Jen Graziano thanking you for taking the time to listen as we took the time to talk about a very sensitive subject this morning. Thank you for helping shed light on